to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast. I am your host, Wabbits, and joining me, as always, are the two beautiful co-hosts, uh, Combo. Hello. And Lazero. Hello, hello. Uh, Combo, you doing all the- right? Combo, Combo kind of sounds like he needs some water. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I got some sparkling water right here. I'm doing all right. Okay. Oh, okay. Made with your, your classic, oh man, I can't remember what it's called. Slipstream. Nope. Not sponsored, by the way. Nope. Soda Stream, buddy. Come on. Oh, no. Get your yep. things together, pal. Yeah, no, I got, I got tons of stuff. I got like, I think I have nine pop like replacements. So, like one that tastes like Sprite, one that's like root beer, ginger ale. I have a couple iced teas, I got cream soda. Um, oh, my God. And then the one I'm drinking right now is like, I have these like flavored drops. So, you just put it, in. it's almost like Neo if you want to think of it like that, but like it doesn't really change the color or anything of the water it's like the slightest hint of lemon right now is what i have so yeah oh Ooh. that's so nice it's very nice it's like nice putting little, a lemon nice popped my day you know you can hear yeah. the, the 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 little like every time i open it so <laughs> i'll be listening for it every single time <laughs> um, so i don't know on the note of fancy water let's oh. completely change things around and say how was your guys' week <laughs> uh company you want to take it first or Sure. Uh, week was okay. I was, what was the update I gave last week that I was moving? Was that the update? That you were moving. Okay, yes. cool. Uh, so I was, excited, I was saying to the guys before we started today, I already know, but I'll just share with everybody super quick. I don't want to get into the details um, too much mm-hmm. of that. Uh, we were about 80 to 90% through the move. Uh, so we were moving over to our other building because they were shutting down uh, my building that I work in and live in. And uh, as we were finishing up, I, I mean, it was literally, I remember it was as I was taking apart some shelving in the new unit that I was moving into that i didn't want there because i needed to make space for rusty my bearded dragon uh i get a call from my boss and he's like he's like i just got this news he sounds really excited he's like the school is made up their mind that they don't want to shut down the residence because it's going to be uh, too intrusive on the students and uh and, and my initial reaction was like are you kidding me like i was so mad <laughs> when he brought it up because i was obviously in the midst of changing everything over like uh cast my girlfriend had moved over a bunch of stuff by herself because i was the one taking down everything so she walked in one uh one day i think it was like wednesday or thursday she walked in with three suitcases all hooked onto each other while holding two backpacks on either shoulder and then carrying a carry-on uh, oh my uh yeah she's a hero she's a legend uh, so uh uh, I appreciated that. And uh, yeah, so I didn't have to move. So we moved everything back. I re- had to re-put together the room. Uh, and so now we're here. And then as soon as I finished setting up everything, Pat, this I think it was Friday, uh, my computer didn't work for like two days straight, So, uh, which was fantastic. So I was a little salty there uh, and finally got it fixed up. I do have a slight background. I worked for a couple computer stores. So like I have a little bit of a background in hardware and being able to kind of try to figure things out. But the big highlight that I'm going to throw in, actually two highlights, big highlight, Number one, uh, I got my tax return, which was very exciting. Uh, and I, a couple cool things. So I moved provinces during this tax period, uh, which actually gave me money, which I did not expect uh, because Alberta Ooh. handles their income tax very differently than Ontario, um, as well as Alberta. Uh, I might be wrong on this. I don't think I fully understood it, but by the sounds of it, Alberta, again, contrary to Ontario, gives credit for going to school and tuition not, doesn't try to stifle you of all your money and, and suck it all up. So I actually, my tuition got put on the Alberta tax credit. So I was able to also get some money from that. And I got like literally 3000 bucks more than I got last year for a thing. So like I got a shit ton oh off God. of this. Like, yeah, like a whoo off this return. So I might buy a new computer with it uh, as yeah. my little like, thank you. So that was the one big positive. Other big positive, I got a key to a VR game that I've been following for a while, uh, which is exciting for the closed beta. Uh, it's called Davago, uh, if anybody wants to look it up. It's made by three 
college professors, I believe out of BC. Uh, and Ooh. it's basically your, it's, it's like a giant versus warrior is what it is. So the giant is a VR player uh, and they're oh, playing against I a flat this. screen, uh, just like somebody playing on, let's say my computer locally, or I was literally was playing this afternoon with uh, Jaron Haywood and we were able to do like steam remote play. Um, and so the warrior runs around and they're trying to shoot rockets and cannons at the giant uh, who is the VR player and VR player uses their hands to try to bat the player away or throw blocks at them or things like that. It's really, really cool. It's arguably one of the smoother asymmetrical VR games I think I've ever played and uh, I was having a blast. It's a sweat fest too. I punched my TV. I was like <laughs> dripping in sweat afterwards. I needed a towel. My girlfriend was getting mad at me the entire time because I kept swinging at her. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those were two highlights. So the week has been on the up uh, and uh, I'm excited about the new coaching stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's exciting times over here in ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been my week. Nice. So, I'm actually on, on a like, little tangent there. I'm super excited that uh, I don't know the name of it, but like, what was it? Davago? The, the VR game? Yeah, that one. Yeah. I, that one's kind of kicked off because I saw the like the super early alpha play for it. Like, mm. I think that was last year or maybe a year and a half, two years back. And I was super interested in that game because it just looks so fun. And it was uh, like just combining both um, the VR person and the people who can't play VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just like a desktop. And Oh, I, I loved it. It just looks yeah. so interesting. And I'm really happy that it's actually kicking off mm-hmm. and getting into like a beta test or whatever is that now. If anybody, <laughs> and so I'll give this little shout out. I can be your plug. Uh, if anybody either has VR and wants to play it or doesn't have VR and even wants to give it a try, if I get some free time, like I'll always give that caveat that I am a busy human, uh, mm-hmm. I, I can get you keys as well because I'm getting to know the devs pretty well. So, because uh, I've been similarly supporting them for a very, very long time. And so I've been kind of with their process for a while. And so, uh, I can, I can get you keys if you uh, need in. So, yeah. Nice. That's really cool. I might actually hit you up later for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lazero, what about you? How was your week? It's been pretty good. Uh, I think I'm finishing up the Hero to Lazero series. Um, nice. So I'm getting mm-hmm. excited for that other project, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to have two episodes out by the end of May, but we shall see. Mm uh that that will definitely it's one of those things that's like when i sit down and like try to make everything look really pretty like how much work is it actually going to take you know what i mean uh so so we shall see about that Uh, another thing is i got a you know uh book delivery of douglas adams uh uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy uh so i'm getting into that because uh that's something that people will talk about but they'll never actually like tell you what it is (laughs) I feel like at this point. So, uh, it's it, something you have to experience. It, it's, it's like, I, I heard of Douglas Adams because, uh, my sister and I watched the Dirk gently kind of remake with the guy who plays Frodo from Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dirk gently was also like books written by Douglas Adams. So I went back. I'm like, well, I don't want to get the series. I literally just watched. I'm going to get books that, <laughs> that, you know, that everyone knows about him. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I got the trilogy of five parts, which is already amusing in itself. Um, uh, but so yeah, that, that's something I started reading. And then the second thing is, yeah, kind of getting the website stuff is, is definitely being a big thing, um, kind of this week. Cause yeah, just, just organizing that. And yeah, it, it's been a little hectic, but I, I think like it's, it's kind of now, now I feel like it's settled a little bit. Um, actually speaking of which, uh, I know, I know Jay wise got a, uh, coaching session for you Abbots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really good. Um, yeah. And so Elias and Wabbits, uh, have coaching open and I, I think Elias and combo also have some replays still left open. So if you're interested, uh, definitely go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to talk about, 
Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide for a bit um, <laughs> because I absolutely love that uh, five-part trilogy. But just a, a little... I have to re reread this. Um, I really want to. But I think, at least when I was reading it, which was uh, probably when I was about 17 or so, um, parts three and four of the trilogy were very rough and hard to read and like kind of boring and stuff. But I think it's because it gave a really good description and, or at least depiction of uh, depression in a really weird oh, way because okay. the comedic, yeah, it's, it's a comedic book, but it was you didn't very get it, is what you're saying. I don't think I did. No, I felt, I found it kind of boring. Um, but I, I knew at the time even that it was, it was a, like a fairly good depiction of depression. Um, but I didn't understand why it was so good. And that's why I want to go back and read it and see if I would enjoy it more at this point now that I'm like 22 and kind of understand that a lot more. Um, You're 22? So. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to say is I've never, I don't think I've ever laughed out loud while reading a book. book. And the yep. first chapter had me laugh out loud. So that's, that's my glowing <laughs> recommendation. That makes me happy. Yeah, that's a good recommendation. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I love that series or trilogy, five part trilogy. It's great. Uh, okay, let's get on to Rocket League. <laughs> um, do do one, you want me to yeah. talk about this? Yes, this um, is on you. <laughs> so this, this, I mean, listen, it's not you. We don't usually get something right before the podcast. Something usually happens after, you know, a day after, an hour after, during. That's happened before. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, but. Um, just before now, uh, in Tom's discord, uh, Tom's infinite boost podcast, he said that he is, uh, he is, uh, closing down his podcast. Like he, he's finishing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, uh, and so like if, if you, if you do, I, I'm sure you probably post something on his Twitter at some point as well. So you can definitely go find uh, that information and read it. Uh, I'm not gonna do that here. Uh, there's a couple things I say, Tom, man. Like I, I feel like we we've had a, a little bit of partnership going for some time, and I, I really enjoyed uh, working with him and being on his show. So uh, I just like thank you, man. I think I think I think he's brought a lot of discussions to the Rocket League community that otherwise wouldn't be talked about. Um, so I'm very grateful in that sense. Um, as for like the show, and, and he's kind of saying like he's he's had other priorities. I think that's. Uh, very normal right like you have something you're interested in a project you're working on but if there's something else that kind of drags you you kind of follow it so that makes sense to me a lot um the other thing is like i think i think people have to realize as well because i did this for a while i think i i only did this i think for four episodes of the original artifact run uh wabbits where i would interview people mm-hmm. um and just the pressure of finding people for every week you know what I mean? And having to yep. like be a good interviewer and kind of like, there's definitely a stress uh, that's different from just doing a regular show. Like it's a lot easier for me, especially when you've gotten comfortable with people talking to just do a show every week. Um, mm-hmm. then, Oh, there's a new person, you know what I mean? And I have to figure out good questions for that person. If the questions aren't up to par, it's very lacking. Uh, I E I don't know if you, well, you guys definitely haven't, but the, uh, the newest age of empires episodes that I released, I'm like, I'm so out of practice from this interview thing. Like I forgot how hard this was. Cause when you're not like, you think you're prepared, but if you can't lead the conversation and you've run out of things to say, uh, you kind of like, uh, what, 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 you just, you just, 
bite dust you know you're just eating dirt the whole yep. time uh so so like there's definitely something to keeping a conversation going i think uh tom was very good at that um but i i know definitely the interview the idea of like constantly catching up with every single person and interviewing um is very difficult i think as well is uh there i think i think the podcasting in rocket league right now is so incredibly uh like full like the space is full um i i know we release two shows a week but like even that like i think i think there's so much content being released when it comes in podcast form and i think the big thing what's happened in the last month or two is uh a lot of people that already have an established you know what i mean um name for themselves to start podcasts as well so it becomes very difficult to kind of get viewers because i think there's only so much uh rocket league you can listen to you know what i mean <laughs> like yep, i don't yep. i don't think you can walk around and just be like I, i'm gonna only listen to rocket league podcasts yeah uh, <laughs> but i also think you're right like you even mentioned like just how much is in the podcast game in general right of like i i know for a fact that like i can only really have like three maybe four podcasts going at a time right and it's like if i'm if i'm picking one let's say especially in the same genre if i'm picking mm-hmm. one like I, i'm gonna stick with that and then if maybe something else comes out that i'm like ooh, like this is tickling the fancy the itch a little more great i'm gonna go to that one right and like it, it's a it's a tough market for sure right? like, it is a very very difficult one like I, I was gonna say like that's why it always surprises me when go blue is on like every one of these podcasts like <laughs> I just, he's just asking questions and I'm like, man, go blue. Like I, I just imagine go blue has like hours upon hours of content. He's just listening to constantly. <laughs> yep, yep. I feel like he's probably someone who just drives for, uh, for his job and is in the truck all the, all the time. And, and then, has nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, I can imagine that you're, you're, you're like, let me get more of this content of the thing I enjoy. So that, that makes sense. Uh, but it is true. Like you only kind of choose one or two, of the same genre of podcast because i think i know i i have i have certain podcasts that i like i'll listen to no matter what they would talk about um like i have a pro wrestling podcast that was like this guy that was part of it was doing a review with his like uh fiance about like a reality pro wrestling show and i would listen to it just because i enjoy like you know what i mean the community that they created um but it's so funny that i I think there is definitely a burnout limit and um that's why it's so hard i mean so i that's kind of that's why because i feel now like we've become very uh we've kind of built a community and it's kind of stayed and it's it's always at the like edge of like for instance if i just want to say like i feel like this last weekend our chat has never popped off as much as it did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I could not catch up to any of it. And like, we're still not at the breaking point cause we'll still have calm periods and we'll still have people being able to have conversations. Um, I don't know if you ever like look at Sunless's con cons pocket, uh, general yeah. chat, but there's, there's mm-hmm. no way dude. You know what I mean? Like that is. But so what, what mm-hmm. I think is so cool. And I brought this up to, to my girlfriend before as well. Cause I've, uh, I, I can't remember now. I don't even know where it came up, but I know I, I had joined a couple different discord servers for like different things I've been doing the last week or so. Um, mm-hmm. Some of which have like thousands of members or even just even a couple hundred members. And like they have moderators and admins and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I look and I was like, we don't have any moderation. We don't have admins. Like we don't have anything like that. It's literally just the people who help out on the podcast is the only people mm-hmm. who are quote staff. But even still, like I've never even deleted a message that wasn't my own, right? Like I've never, I've never <laughs> done anything. And so, like, what blows my mind, and I'm like, I'm not going to win while I'm saying this, is that like this is the first 
I would say this is the, probably the first and only Discord server I've ever been that has 100 plus members that doesn't at least get like one troll in its time or like one, like some like very not safe for work things or or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it blows my mind how respectful this community is. And I'd like to think, and like this might be selfish, but I'd like to think that it's because like the three of us have tried to build this like very like, oh, have whatever opinions you want, right? And then, and then just bring them in and talk and like we're all gonna talk. And like the couple times I'd see chat over the now year and a half or so that, chat has gotten maybe a little tense on a topic or like something like that right like there's a little little spice little flavor coming in it'll literally be like the next second someone will post like a clip and everyone's like oh my god you're nuts you're amazing like great clip right <laughs> and like it just blows my mind like i've never seen a server like this that that is able to not only one like you said facilitate a conversation more often than not but also have like no, no moderation needed right like it's really cool it's really crazy i've never experienced something like that before <clears throat> yep I was actually in a uh, in a call with oh, a bunch of people. I think it was on Saturday. <laughs> um, I don't know. A whole bunch of them were drinking and having a good time, and I was just you know there chilling. Um, and what they ended up asking me like, when is the web uh, web hammer actually going to drop? <laughs> and I was like, I never want it to actually it's like I'd never want to ever have to press that button and actually ban somebody because like it, it's just it's such a wholesome discord overall that right. everyone's just really happy. It's just, we're talking and we're just, sometimes it gets a little tense. Sometimes there's arguments and debates, but like they're always pretty good overall. Right. Like everyone's respectful of each other. Everyone's there's nobody's like personally attacking somebody or anything. Mm-hmm. And we've only had the one troll and we've talked about it and it's, we were so happy to finally get one. But yeah. the fact that we're at 200, almost, I think people in the discord. And oh, there was we're all above 200. Yeah. We're, we're at like 250. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. like 300 then. Yeah. We're like, we're well over 200 and there's one person yep. and there's a whole bunch Crazy. of very active members of this community that are, sometimes in voice chats and most of the time in uh in the text chat and i've yeah. never had to do anything to kick somebody out i completely agree <laughs> like even the the aussies were making jokes a couple of days ago uh when i don't know if you guys saw it, but like jay wise had like listed his like favorite canadians and i made a joke being like why am i the last one kind of thing um <laughs> yeah. and, and like he his reason was that like oh like you you don't play games or like you're not in the chat slot which is very true like like that is a dead on right and like i'm i'm a generally pretty busy human and so uh i like i loved that like that that's the whole reason i wanted to discord when we first started right of like oh, i want to hear people's opinions on our podcasts and like on what we're saying and like that that was very good and like the aussies making jokes about banning and like that's what literally reminded me that that's even a thing right that like (laughs) like banning even exists that i was like oh my god i was like yeah i completely forgot that like realistically if we wanted to be like a dictator if you didn't like someone's opinion you're like bye and like cut kind of thing but like we don't have that which i love like it's it's very it's just it's easily the most respectful community i've ever been a part of which is very very cool to me um just the same of like it's I've never seen a community that like recognizes when people are missing, right? Like I'm sure you guys have seen when like, mm-hmm. uh, if like Mike, like young slug hasn't said anything in a while, everybody starts spamming them. Like, where are you? Like, come back to us and stuff like that. Or like people notice who's in chat a lot or who isn't and so on. Like, it, it's really cool. Like I've, I've never ever seen a community like that. And it really blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little wholesome and, content. Oh, Welcome squad is amazing. Yeah. Everybody just says hi to new people too. Even if they don't say hi back, which you don't have to, you don't have to feel pressured, but just, it's so nice. I love it. <laughs> it's definitely better than hopping into a Discord and like no one saying anything to you. Right? Mm, yep. <laughs> it's just so hard to get in a conversation when it's like, oh, nobody even said hi. Yep. <laughs> so I just love that that's even a thing there. Actually, oh. can I just say this? If there's ever like five, six or people in like the just chillin voice chat, just hop in. Even if you just mm-hmm. say hi, like they're going to like i think that's probably the coolest thing is that I agree. it's almost completely. easier when you have five people in there than if there's only one 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's funny because I'm the opposite. That's why I was going to say, mm-hmm. like, I, I would generally be intimidated to join because I think it's a group of friends that are all talking, right? I'm like, oh, I don't want to bother that. But I think that's the cool thing of like, I like, I as much as I don't jump in them much, like I see them all the time, right? Like I'm always mm-hmm. doing stuff generally at a computer or something like that that, that I, I peep in, uh, peek in. But there, it's always like a, a slightly different set of people, right? And that's exactly it. Of like, I, I also that's a great point, uh, zero. Like I think people should be able just to jump in, right, and then say hi. And again, I have not seen that in many servers at all but it's like that mm-hmm. if you jump into just chilling man i've never jumped in one and i don't know if it's just me i assume it's literally everybody I, but i jump I in imagine. and everyone's like combo oh my gosh hello <laughs> like every time it makes me laugh it's so cute like it's really cool what are you guys like i uh, know i was just saying like i feel for us as well there's definitely a different reaction uh but i i'll t- i'll guarantee you that usually if you're they're at like five they definitely want a sixth or if they're at seven they definitely <laughs> True, want yeah. eight, so. that's a good point yeah yep yep <laughs> Yeah, I think that's good for that. Point being, uh, man, I don't know how we got off. Like, we got off Tom's podcast really quickly, uh, but I didn't mean to do that. Um, What I just wanted to say is, though, like, uh, I think definitely Tom was was growing community as well in the Discord. Um, So uh, it's, man, it's it's cool because I thought he brought something very different to mm-hmm. to rock to rockley podcast because I, I think i said that before like i don't if i listen to rockley podcast i want it to be different than what we're doing you know what i mean just because it mm-hmm. it makes more sense i don't want to go over the same topics that, that we're going over and tom definitely brought that because he had different guests and it'd be interesting um so yeah that's uh that's kind of the uh man if, if you if you have twitter or you're in his discord just just give him like a little message like thanks for all your work and you know the awesome shows and content you put out uh, I think that would make his day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, big shout out to Tom. Um, he did an amazing, you know, set uh, for however long he did, and it's really sad to see him go. But mm-hmm. you know, he's moving on with his life, so that's what's happening. Um, I think we're probably good to move on into the beginner's corner. Yes, uh, let's do it. I'm ready. So we have a little bit of more explanation and further discussion from last week's, which was very short. Um, so, uh, Lazira, you wanted to talk about conflicting styles of play. And I think over over the last week's like five, ten minutes that, that you had, um, there was a little bit of um, like the inability to mesh with your team when somebody wants to play in the flake style or the very much one's focus style and the rest of the team is trying to play uh, a booming uh, very offensive or whatever uh, style and uh, being able to get around that is not an easy thing to do so you want to jump off from that or yeah yeah i can jump off of it i it, it's i think the best thing that i can recommend is if like let's just say you're feeling really good and you're playing really fast but you're losing a game mm-hmm. um even if you're like beating people to the ball always um that might be where you have to go wait let me play a little slower a little more defensive because we're down one or two like obviously this is if you still have a lot of time but the point is i think i think if if you actively decide to just switch your style halfway through games that you are losing um that tends to be a good thing because um some you need something to change and it seems like whatever you're doing isn't working like and and the the reason i say this is not because it's if you have a tough time kind of telling what people are doing what you can definitely change is how you're playing the game and it Mm -hmm. might it might end up poorly but it's i think it's better than playing the exact same way and kind of hoping that the result's going to be different 
right? Unless you feel there's a shift, like something's happening and, and like you, you guys are putting on more pressure. But if, if all of a sudden, like no one, like something, something's a little different, I think you go from either from slow to fat to faster or from faster to slow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like do, do more low fifties, like slow down the play. Um, take your time, take, do that, do the two touch rule sometimes that I, I like that <laughs> idea where, um, always, like I, th- I think it's it's actually a good hint, especially when you don't have full control, like per se. Be like, okay, one touch, and then I hit it, as opposed to just always hitting it. And I think that sometimes can change up kind of the dynamics of the play and give you an edge when you feel like there's nothing you can do. You know? Yep, I actually really like that point. I don't think I've ever uh, thought of it as such being uh, like the vast change your play style in the middle of a game if you're losing. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever really thought of doing that, and I'm very like I'm, I'm usually a player that's pretty set in how i play um and sometimes like game to game it'll change uh, depending i think that's I the do. point right like i think sometimes my goal is to never be behind what the game's kind of turning out to be right now i mean yeah if, mm-hmm. if the game requires you to move faster because the other team is challenging a lot faster like you have to mm-hmm. get your butt moving because sometimes you could be playing so passively that you just stop you start hesitating more and more right um but some games it's like if they're giving you the space use that space as opposed to just hitting it back to them so yeah that's kind of that's kind of a big thing that that i've noticed um yeah i I don't know if you want me to get into what i think when it comes to kind of playing in lower ranks or not yet i want to have a little bit of a discussion on this um especially pertaining to higher mmrs okay um so in lower mmrs obviously you can fare very like i feel like you can change your play style um but you're probably have a have one that you're better at so you would want to like you have your comfort zone and then switching it is hard um but that does increase your skills in different areas so it's good and there's a little bit of a toss-up of whether or not you want to my point is if your comfort zone has you down you should yes you should just try changing something or about like actively and making that decision (laughs) against not making that decision is what i'm trying to say the the uh what what was the trick (laughs) The uh, the countdown from five rule. Have you ever heard What's of that this? One? No. So if you're ever hesitating and you need to be uh, decisive of something, you count down from five. Mm-hmm. And the idea is by making the decision to count down for five, you've made a decision and you've to <laughs> count down for five and you've done it. So therefore, you're more willing to kind of get over your fears and do whatever the decision was supposed to be made. Oh, I kind of like that. So uh, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one, and then you you do the thing that you're gonna do, right? Um, yeah. So, so point being, if, if you're in a game and you're losing and you're like, I need to change something, be like, okay, I'm playing really slow right now. Let me play fast. Like make that active decision as opposed to, um, just be like, oh, everything's all right. We're magically going to come back for this two nothing without me changing anything about how I'm playing. Yeah. And I think a good, uh, really good thing about that is like, if you're playing in your comfort zone and it's not working, then even if you do still, uh, like keep on losing and you might get, uh, start playing worse or you're you know, you, you lose uh, by more. Um, at the very least, you're getting a little bit of practice in areas you're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Like if you're the fast player, then you're practicing taking it slow, um, and you'll learn where to do where where you do things wrong and uh, how to fix it, and then have a little bit of practice and experience with playing slow, so you can use that in your um, your normal play. So it's just a you know, it's a good thing to do, um, but it's hard. So nobody's going to pretend that. But try it. I like that. I really like that idea. But in higher higher skills, um, especially in pro play specifically, uh, I don't know if we actually see big changes like this uh, in play style mid game. And we sometimes see it mid set, but that's like very rare. Mm-hmm. And 
most importantly, I think a couple of weeks ago, um, I don't know if it was us that was talking about it or if it was somebody that was in the Discord talking about it or what it was, but it was a discussion on coaches um, and how we don't have the coach like dictating plays and uh, doing things that are um, really super useful in the middle of a game. Um, <clears throat> what ends up happening a lot is that you just get stuck in a play style or like the pro, pro players just get stuck in a play style and just kind of don't really do um, or change what's happening. Um, and they'll just continue losing and start losing more and more and more. But if they wanted to actually be able to get into something new uh, to, to start winning, then they really do have to learn how to switch up play styles drastically, not just stick to what they're doing um, in such a rigid mode. And I think that's an, a big issue with current Rocket League where they don't change they just keep on hammering at what what's not working, which is I find so interesting. But that I, also I comes down like that also comes down to what what is the the current goal of the team of the coach of like whatever that looks like, and, and that was a huge thing I saw when I was coaching. I literally actually just did this with with Feed the Kitty. I watched his uh, I'm, I I don't know if I'm outing him. I don't even know if this is like illegal <laughs> in his in his uh, leagues because it might be. Um, but uh, I did so his he got a replay session with me just to do with his team uh, so they could go over some stuff of their last IGL games and such like, and stuff like that. So we had a nice little group call for about an hour. Went through a. Uh, one a couple other games uh, i kind of built a, a new system and a new play for them to to try out and then they that was two hours before they had an igl game so i watched and like midway through the game i was giving them feedback while well, i was sending kitty feedback to pass along in the the one minute between each game like throughout the sets um just from like what i was watching right and like what i was seeing and so uh to me and, and this was a huge part of like when i was coaching similarly when i was playing because like I, I tended to be the more vocal person on my teams when i played was that uh it's not the, I, I don't think that teams should change the way that they're playing just because they're losing or because something's going on as a play style. They should be changing nuances of their game, uh, mm-hmm. which is something that is hard to see at the professional level, but I guarantee you is happening. Uh, because when, let's say, I'll, and I'll use Kitty as the example of like, I'm watching them. I built them into this like more pass intentional oriented play style that I was trying to kind of build their positions out of. Um, they were trying to execute it. They were doing actually really well for honestly me giving them that feedback like a couple hours before, but they were missing certain parts of the game that obviously like I didn't know were going to happen until I watched them play. So midway through that game i'm saying hey look like they keep double rotating to the back post in a queue let's start trying to handcuff them by shooting to that back post so that both players will double commit see if we can waste some boost see if we can go from there so i'm not changing their play style i'm not changing the way they play i'm changing a very very small nuance to see if it can capitalize on the nuances of the other team that they're playing against and that's where the best coaches in the world come out are and like tenfold better than i will ever be that, that it can identify several little nuances to the the opponent's play style and in those breaks or even like so in verge's uh, aspect like a verge talks mid-game which rattles me I, I i could never do that as a coach like like that would not work for me but if you have a team that that is very very solid with their comms and like one word comms 100 you might have the space to, to give some quick comments mid-game right and, and to fill some stuff out so um, but that's that's really not my philosophy. I don't live in that world. 
just same as like even like i wasn't in voice comms with kitty but i was sending him messages like midway through like only at the end of <laughs> games though because i didn't want him to look midway through a game like i didn't want to be a bother right which is the main thing and so um that to me is where i'm i, I i'm totally agreeing with you Bob. it's like like there, there needs to be some change obviously if you're losing like I, like this this point i think is just in general valid um but i will say i think it, it is very hard to see what teams are doing so like and a great example of that is like we associate g2 with this incredibly fast strong break out if you actually watch them set to set every single uh if we let's say watch like spring series or something where you get to see them a couple series in a row at least i guarantee you not only out of the gate but midway through that series despite them keeping that very speedy and very intentional play style they're actually tickling and trickling in these little extra things that that will perfectly break down the team that they are playing against uh which is like the, the absolute peak that you can go that's at like the high level like as you'd reference my my only comments on like the other level and like when you're solo queuing or like if you're playing like that so to kind of bring it back of that like i again completely agree like this this is arguably one of the hardest things to do right like you even said yourself why said it's so easy to just kind of get stuck in like what you know works but maybe it's not mm-hmm. working that game so like what do you do um and again like i don't think that should be changing your entire play style but i think like uh Lazaro, you hit that on the head of uh, it needs to be a like just make the decision to challenge for this time if it goes wrong that's fine like there we we as rocket league players we're we're so privileged to have such short game time that (laughs) it it, that it it almost feels like and i think this is a, a loop that i even get stuck in all the time that it feels like every single game matters in the midst of it right like when you're if you lose that game like oh i'm gonna lose 10 mmr like ah like that's a big loss (laughs) and stuff like that but it's like you just played 100 games last week so like that one loss is not gonna mean much (laughs) and if that one loss means that you made some big decisions and were able to to identify some things slightly audible your play style and make some changes that you're gonna win the next three that 10 mmr loss completely worth it right like completely completely Mm -hmm. worth it uh and i think this is a very fitting that we brought this up now i've been playing a lot of hoops uh, again recently i'm i'm just Mm -hmm. dying for that doug match title man it's like the only one that i'm missing <laughs> and it's so hard we play pros all the time and it's so tilting um the and oh my god let me tell you the the mmr like mat, the actual matchmaking has been horrid for me recently of like i'm sitting low 1200 so less than 50 off of gc and hoops i'll go from playing two 1400s to then playing two like low 1100s every other game Ooh. every single time and it's, it's really frustrating for me because the like i'll lose to the 1100s because i've changed my pace and play style like we're saying completely for that that like 1400 game of like we'll play nico and wolf and then we'll go play mm-hmm. two like in like twos like champ ones or champ twos right and so um but yeah anyways the, this is something we've been doing of, like i'm playing with jer mostly um and we will lose a game and rather than be like ah shucks and then try it again the next game recently jared and i have really been trying to be like okay like they kept pushing us really hard this game if we get the same thing next game what are we going to do but we're not going to make that change until we know that we play that same play style right like we're not going to be like this is what's going to fix it because there's no correct way to play rocket league what no every coach in the world will tell you including myself will tell you this is a good way to like get there and everything there's no perfect way right like we all know that by now so it's going to have to be you like slightly audibling parts of your play per game if you really do want to be at that peak right and be at the, the top of your game there but uh, yeah mm-hmm. that's my rant i like that that was really good um i'm so on the point of like small changes obviously like yes those those definitely happen and they're really interesting to watch when you're able to see the the changes happen in games but what i'm kind of wondering at this point um is let's go back to i don't know like let's say september when the rise of pk um when they were just completely destroying G2 and all the other teams, and let's specifically say G2. Um, I'm kind of wondering what 
why they didn't have any even like try or they didn't even try to have any major changes there. Um, they had the small changes going on and trying to figure out, okay, if we do this little thing different, then maybe we'll get out. But there wasn't a major change um, in terms of how to actually fight this this new meta. And that's a very specific example. Um, and it probably wouldn't come up again for a long time, but it might've been useful to try and have a very massive shift. And I'm, I'm kind of want to give uh, like, what, what is that? Uh, actually, Wabbis, do you want me to, to take it? Of course. Um, cause I'm actually thinking about this. I think some teams get stuck in that. We're so good. We don't have to change. Like we'll just, we are better players and we're playing well. So why would we even look at changing things? Mm-hmm. Like, and when they lose, they blame it on the fact, Oh, like, Oh, we we're just a little off this day. Right. Um, and maybe that, that could be the big thing is they don't want to move stuff that worked, has worked in the past and has, has continued to work. Um, and I think, I think that's why we, we constantly, I think what ends up happening is a lot of the teams that had been lower rank kind of ride the wave of a new meta, get, get, you know, placed really high. And then as it goes down, as, as the other teams adapt, the teams that have the more experience, it kind of feels like they're like, Oh, well we've adapted. Right. So even if there's a new meta, why would we shift to it? Cause once everything settles down, we're going to still be better. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'd even, I don't know if Kama wants to go off this, but I'd even argue that uh, the NRG after having won uh, uh, the, uh, sorry, yeah, NRG after having won Worlds kind of went into the new season with that, with like, we're the best team in the world. Like, why would you ever even look to change it? Um, And I think there's, there's almost this feeling of like, they weren't even looking for any possibilities in changing their play style. And they're like, we're, we're our, our former, our effort from before is going to be enough to kind of get us through, through the split. Um, and that's why I think we, we've seen like them not being able to beat G2 now. Right. But this is the coach's struggle, right? And this mm-hmm. is the classic, like if, if you're the best in the world, there's always someone second place. That's probably working harder than you, right? Like that, that classic kind of motivational, like you got to work yeah, harder right. than someone working 10 times harder. Right. You got um, to um, train, you got to train like your second place. Uh, sorry. You got it. You got to, uh, you got to perform, perform like your first train, like your second. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got you. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, but, but that's exactly what I'm saying. And like, this is to me is like the, the biggest hands down coach's struggle is that what I described before is reactive, right? If, is that me saying, Hey, look, they're like, if I, if I'm coaching a team against G2, I'm saying they are pushing hard for quick, speedy neutral zone control. So what I'm going to do as a coach and maybe, maybe I'm the, the first to say this or LCS teams feel free to take this advice. I'm going to start clogging the neutral zone. So I'm going to play a two, one rather than rocket leaks kind of standard one, one, one. Uh, and so I'm going to be putting two players in the neutral zone to clog that neutral zone and having one of those two be focused on bumps uh, and just generally disruption uh, and trying to clog that area to, to go from there. So that is me describing, Describing what I think right now is a good strategy to break down the world's best team or NA's best team, let's say. The issue with NRG and why I completely agree. I think your statement was like perfectly on point of that they came in being we're the best, therefore, what do we change? It is completely right. But what do you change is the question, right? Like I, I think that's where my innovation and my smarts as a coach would actually probably also stop of that. Like I don't know how to 
change us to continue to innovate and get better other than your mechanics innovating and getting better I would, if nobody mm-hmm. is actively challenging that, right? And so it would only go as far as probably midway through LCS, like season uh, nine of like, oh, look, like G2 is looking pretty nuts or like Space Station is mm-hmm. looking pretty nuts. How do we counter these two play styles, right? And how do we start working those mm-hmm. play styles? Like to me, like my coaching, and I think most people's coaching is quite reactive. So it's hard when you're the best in the world, how do you change, right? What do you do uh, is kind of where I see it. Hmm. yeah which is like i'm thinking about this now this is beginner's corner where you're literally on the complete opposite of beginners we're like hey if you're the best in the world what do you do (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah (laughs) but i I think it's still important though to talk about the the idea of um how because because we can even equate this to people trying to get better at this game where they hit that wall right um and they're just assuming that there's nothing left for them to get better at right um and I think I think it's the fact that a lot of things are so intangible, like non, non. I don't know. I I think in this game, like there are certain things that you'll get better at, but you won't see them translate in winning necessarily more games. And I think that's mm-hmm. very tough to deal with. Um, and honestly in this game i think it's a little better than an overwatch but i, I bring up overwatch because that was the game where i felt like i hit a wall and there's literally nothing left for me to get better at um in in the role i played in that game and is that in like i think i think for instance if we take csgo right like you can literally whoever has the quickest reaction best aim and understands kind of where and when they should be like if you're if you're able to aim better than everyone else, like you're just gonna win more things. Like it's like objectively one on one. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like there's certain situations in CSGO where like this person just whatever reason they hit that zone and they're able to to everything's so perfect. While Rock League, even if you do everything perfectly, I think the truth is, um, and this has always been the case with any sport that has a ball, right? Or puck or or whatever have you, is your no matter how perfect or crazy or awesome things you do you're all still a slave to the ball, right? Like, no, you can do crazy things, but ultimately, if the other team knows how to read the ball and how it's going to move from where you are, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it's you're still subject to it, right? Um, mm-hmm. CSGO, you can move wherever, right? You don't have, like, you're forced to, 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 to have conflict through having... Uh, the a b like you know what i mean like where you plant the bomb or whatever but the difference is your when you fight the other person there's not like this imaginary thing that both of you have to focus on the whole time anyway right um because you're still just you're focused on the opponent so you can actually beat the person one-on-one as opposed mm-hmm. to in rocket league when, when people beat other people one-on-one it's um it's because they accurately predicted what the other person was going to do, but it's still around this one object that everybody's still forced to deal with, if that makes sense. And I, um, and I think, and this has always been the case, right? Like why, why soccer is so crazy as a, as a concept It's because yes, you have 22 people on the field, right? But there's still only one ball that all those people are reacting to. Um, and, and I think that's why in this game, it sometimes feel like you hit a wall because even if you were able to do something slightly better, ultimately, if the other team is still reading the play, right. And reading the ball really, really well, it's like, you're kind of, you get into this pattern that, that seems very recognizable and you feel like you get stuck in it. 
Um, I don't, yeah, that's the end of my rant. I don't know where I was going after that, but <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I kind of like the rant, but I don't really know how to go off it because it it was kind of pretty well self contained as a um, it's just an idea I think about, right? Like. Yes, and, I can do flipper set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not mm. not that I can actually do flipper sets, but yes, <laughs> yes, I can learn all these crazy skills, right? But ultimately, as long as the other player knows the end destination of where the ball is going to go, yeah, right, they should be able to defend it in in theory. Mm-hmm. And, and like that's what creates is... the the conflict within the game is that mm-hmm. at the highest level, both teams know exactly what's going to happen when, and even at the lower levels you've gotten really used to hopefully the um, the abilities of people at those lower levels. So you can also kind of pre- start to predict how the game's going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And having this third uh, party object of the ball, which is pretty much irrelevant to you and your opponents. Um, you really have, to, yeah, I don't know. I like it. It's a, it's a good analogy, but it's hard to, cause you got into like just the wall. <laughs> Which is such a hard thing to get over. Oh, okay, actually, okay, okay, because I, I know, I know, I went crazy with this. <laughs> My point is when, like the when when I when in other games when I hit that wall, um, it it's it's nice when you have a game where you're like, oh, literally, let me just get better at this one thing, and then I can keep ranking up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even StarCraft, for instance, really does that well. Where it's like, I literally got better at this one thing, and it correlates to me instantly winning more games. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, you, you, it it's like a little ladder, ladder system, and like, um, I think, I, yeah, I think, I think, just in my mind in this game, um, it's like, okay, now all of a sudden I'm I'm back into training more, but it's not necessarily correlating with me ranking up, right? And it's like that is the hardest thing to deal with, and um, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. This is just me musing now. Please stop yep. me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Walls are hard. It's a mental thing. It's a rotation thing. It's so much more than just getting better at a specific, um, like a specific mechanic and learning mechanic won't necessarily get you out of this wall or break you through this wall. And it's so hard to just talk about and be like, oh, you can, you know, do this to get past this, this specific wall. Like if you're at the, I don't know, diamond to champ wall, do this. It, it doesn't work like that. There's way too many factors. There's way too much stuff to think about. Um, and it's such an in-depth game. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, I was kind of talking about how in-depth Rocket League is with one of my friends who's uh, new to it. Um, when he first started playing and one of our other friends, mutual friends, um, had he talks about Rocket League in that it's basically FIFA, which like it's really funny to hear. Listen, um, I'm really good at FIFA. I'm gonna, I, I can guarantee you, I could get top in FIFA a lot faster than I'll ever get top in Rocket League. I can guarantee you yep. that. And it's not because of the amount of players that play. It's because that the, it's it's literally strategy. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yep. Like there, there's only so much your reaction time. Like there's, there's a little bit of mechanics per se, but it's, it's more power bar based systems. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. It, it's, yeah, it's literally just knowing. It's so different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a straight uh, strategy game. There's no real mechanical aspects. Like if you do this, 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 I can pass five times in a row and not let you touch the ball once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yep. by clicking the A button five times with different arrows. You know, just yeah. And here, it's just, here, here. <laughs> yep. And it's just so funny to hear people, uh, someone who doesn't understand the game talk about 
uh, Rocket League like that. And the person who started playing, he's now a plat and is like, this game is so mechanically and strategically in depth that like, I don't even know how to reach a ceiling here <laughs> because there's so much that you can learn and know about and, and do that. It just like, it's kind of daunting when you think about it uh, because like, me who me and combo i'm sure who are kind of like near the absolute like near the uh the top of play um in terms of percentages we can't do pretty much anything <laughs> and this isn't like a jab at, at me or combo or even you uh zero and it's like this is just there's so Listen, much there are certain things that i can do that i don't <laughs> think you can do wapits but it hasn't 100%. it hasn't correlated to me being able to rank up so <laughs> exactly and there's just so much and it's so deep and it's uh that you can't say to someone uh that a wall exists really um there's always stuff to do and there's always stuff to learn and whether it's a mechanic or whether it's rotation or whether it's mindset you can get through it you just have to figure out how to get through it <laughs> yeah i don't know that's my that's my little rant on walls there <laughs> combo, any, combo do you have any advice on this on walls it's 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 always fun asking combo like i feel it's always fun asking you because it's like you, because at the you start at the time you started you don't uh oh, you can say it i, I get it <laughs> no 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 but but it's like uh i don't know if, if maybe like it's a mentality thing that people have is like they they hit that wall and then they're not they're not like willing to be like, okay, this is just going to take time and I need to kind of rethink the strategy about how to get better. But I think just it's, I don't know. I, do you have any advice like on it? Like something new, let's try to get something new out of comp, something you haven't said before on the show. Not the- Dude, I've said a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so like, just to give context and like, I, I think I've said it before and like, I do say it a lot in coaching of that. Like I, I don't, I don't want to pretend I know, I don't even say everything. I don't want to pretend I know a lot. I think I know a pretty decent amount about the game. Like I, after 3000 hours and since release the works, like I, I hope I'm there. But um, the one thing I definitely cannot relate to and I cannot comprehend, but I know it's the, the bane of basically everybody in our discord server um, <laughs> is the idea of not really being a GC. And like, that sounds so cocky, but, and I, I'm really not trying to be like that. I have no other idea how to word this, but it's like, I got platinum in season one. That was the highest rank in season one. And I was a super champ in season two, uh, which is the second highest rank. And then I was a GC in season three. So it's like, I, I have been there since the start. So like, I don't understand the grind, right? I don't understand what feels like the rank wall. I know what they all look like now, obviously. Like I, I've had now five or six friends before even coaching that I've played with since they started who have now gotten to GC. Like, like I I've seen the grind. Like I know what it looks like. I haven't felt it um, per se, but, and, and, but why I'm saying this, and this sounds just like, look at me, like you guys suck. Like, um, but no, why I'm saying this and like why I hope this actually can help people is that just because I'm at GC doesn't mean I haven't had the walls too. Right. Like I have had, like when I was at season three GC, ceiling shots didn't exist flip resets didn't exist air dribbling was the mechanic right like that was the mechanic that was going to score you the most goals that's what the pros were trying to do that's whatever like that was the thing to like learn and i remember i couldn't get my head around air dribbling and i really started to fall behind i was still gc but i was losing i was starting to get more even whereas like so i know on my on my main account my win percentages i think is 64 or 65 percent um i believe for like my actual end game win percentage and I, I that was the first time that i think it was really starting to teeter around like 50 because i was i was winning games with some things but i was losing because of things like not being able to air dribble and so on so for me 
that around that time, that was, I'd say mid season three, early season three, um, around that time, that was when I really had to start assessing what does, what does my grind look like? And like, what does my gameplay look like? And that's when I settled into the idea I said a little earlier. I know you said this woman new, but I'm saying in a new perspective, um, oh, I'm liking this. Keep the, going, <laughs> you, you, it, it feels like when you lose a game that you've lost a lot. Like it feel like I, I, like I still have that feeling all the time, especially in hoops right now because I'm on that grind, right? I'm at that wall of like, I can't get GC. Ah, uh, I'm getting so annoyed with it. Uh, and it takes stepping back, whether that be with a coach, whether that be looking at your replays, whether that be a like a literally sitting down and like with a pen and paper writing down all the things you know how to do, things that you're met at and things that you can't do and like maybe aspire to learn kind of thing and actually assess what is it that you are losing to? So are you being out mechanic? Are you being out rotated? Are you being uh, like, is there a mechanic, like a, an individual mechanic, like ceiling shots, for instance, um, that people are dominating you with, but you can't pull off or the opposite end. Some people are dominating you with, but you don't know how to defend. Identify those things and stop caring about winning or losing. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but it, it, this all comes back to what flash started with of that. It, it doesn't matter if you're, losing games over and over again if you choose not to change anything if you just keep thinking ah like i'll get better in time kind of thing if you actually are at a wall and you actually are stagnating and you're stuck that that should be to uh, like any sane person technically uh like a, a little hint a little clue of like ooh, i should probably change something right and, but it takes the first step is being able to not only identify it but to then figure out what are the steps I'm going to take now to follow that through, right? And go from there. So um, that's my kind of big like advice on it and and has been, and why I think I'm equally lucky, but also unlucky by being at GC of that. I don't get the direct negative feedback that like, oh, you got demoted a rank or something like that because I, I generally will hover at GC and like, I don't have obviously the ranks. I see my, my MMR, but like, I don't see the the ranks changing per se. Um, mm-hmm. So that's lucky because I, I know how debilitating that could be, right? Of like, if you're, let's say a champ one, champ two player and you hit diamond three, you're like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Like what's going on here? I'm sure we've all felt that in some capacity sometimes at whatever rank. Um, <laughs> and to me, that's so... I'm I'm lucky that I don't have that because I, I don't have that very debilitating feeling, luckily. But I also don't have like my cue to to reassess my game has to be so much more internal and noticed by myself of my play. Whereas if you do hit D3, there you go. That's your punch in the face of a like you need to change something right now, right? And you need to add things. Uh and, and like that comes in different p- patterns, right? Of like some of the guys I coach, oh, we'll go through some new mechanics, some new play styles, things to change, and they'll see a rank drop. Like, like that's normal because they're trying new things, right? But I'm talking about if you think that you're playing the way that you feel like you need to play, nothing's changed and you're losing games. But, that's your wake up call, right? Like that's where you really got to look like what's going on here. What do I need to change and go from there? That's my comment on walls. Mm -hmm. Combo. I think that was perfect. And I love you even more because one, that was an amazing rant and I loved it. Uh, But two, that was a perfect segue into the next beginner's corner part two. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Where what we want to talk about is playing below your rank. Uh, So if you, or at least per- your perceived rank. Um, so this is something that uh, both me, Lazero, and a bunch of people in the Discord have been talking about recently, where they've uh, deranked a whole bunch and uh, are they feel like they're much better than everyone else that they're playing with, but haven't been able to get back up. Um, so I myself was at C3, almost hitting GC, and then I ranked down to uh, pretty much 
the high end of C1. And that was, you know, it, it's, it sucks. Um, and Lazero has his own, uh, own stuff there. And getting out of that is its own thing. Um, it's very, very hard to get out of a rank that you feel like you're better than. Um, I, and yeah, I want a little bit of a discussion on this. <laughs> I just have a theory now. Like, I honestly think if you hit like a peak and you start falling back down, uh, just do dribble challenge and do ones. <laughs> and the, th- the reason behind this is because I feel like you get used to moving at a faster pace and going for a lot more aerials at a higher rank. And mm-hmm. as you derank, the amount the balls in the air decreases and the amount of time that you have with the ball to be able to make something happen because of the way you perceive play is greater. It's a really um, good so take, by man. being, it's a really good thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think being as you, as you, you hit your high, great play at the high, but as you rank down, as you, you hit, you start falling down, then you go, Oh, let me do dribble challenge. Let me do ones because I need to relearn how to do low fifties and I need to be able to control the ball how I want. Cause now uh, I have a lot more space and a lot more time. And my mind has gotten used to being pressured all the time. I'm no longer being pressured all the time um, or not as accurately, right? So I can actually abuse that now that I go back to learning the ground game as opposed to worrying about my areas. When, when, wow. do, when do your coaching tiers start, man? That's a, that's a great take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That one's really good. Um, and I think that really applies to a lot of people. But on the other end, there's my style, which was um i think i went too far into the trying to play like once and um kind of forgot how to be fast in a way um and oh you have to be able to keep up with a higher rank obviously (laughs) well like i I could keep up with it but i didn't want to and i was like no i'm just gonna choose to not and that was the thing like can i can i just sidebar here sidebar here for a second so stunless con release like his usual like pros guest ranks or whatever Mm-hmm. and flakes like had was one of them yep and i kid you not like the if you think if you think about it from like a greater perspective he's like mind gaming people and stuff so it's it's a little different but <laughs> from quality of play and speed of play it looks like a diamond three all right like i <laughs> kid you not like all the pros rank like c1 c2 you know what i mean yeah. unless they knew it was flakes right unless they guessed it was flakes but like it is it is like the refusal to challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it messes with other people's heads, so I understand why it works. But if you look at look at the way he's playing, like if someone gives you that, you're like, okay, there's, there's no way this person's better than C1. You know yep. what I mean? And I, I think I think the point is is when we perceive higher ranks, we perceive as people flying around doing crazy stuff all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um and just um, if you go so far that you're like refuse to, to to challenge and you get way too passive, that's also not good. Yep. Um, and yeah. Yeah. That's where I was just about my, to go. Where so my point is, Wabbits, if uh-huh. if you play your passive play style, you should be able to rank up back. But when you hit that higher rank again, then you have to you have to you have to get at, break out of that play style. <laughs> no, I have to do the opposite. Oh, so you're gonna go all the way the opposite. Okay. So what I figured out that I have to do is kind of just uh, play a couple games, just being full monkey and just going after everything and like straight ball chasing just to get back into like in a mindset of, i need to go fast i need to hit the ball mm-hmm. <laughs> and if i like just kind of to if i just kind of turn off my brain for a little bit and think about like okay i'm just not gonna go for this this dribble into low 50 and whatever um i'm gonna 
just hit the ball. And that's all I'm going to do because I know that my uh, ingrained rotations are probably correct. Um, I could definitely fix them and uh, reapply them toward like to the, uh, the lower uh, meta of C1 instead of thinking the C3. Um, but it doesn't really make a difference. Like I, I just have to get out of this mindset of I need to think three three players and then two different people who rotate back. I just the need to get all side. <laughs> the <Yeah. flex> mentality. <laughs> so I just got like get out of my head and that's it. And then losing a couple of games to monkey and just being stu- like absolutely stupid. Um, and then playing a little bit more aggressive and a lot more aggressive just while thinking was a, a really big big bit for me uh to get back yeah this goes back to back to i think this is uh i guess this is uh what's the word uh harmonious in that uh when combo was on tom's podcast he did say that like some pro he heard um that that like you have to play monkey every once in a while just so you know what your limit is um Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes we get so comfortable just like oh let me hit the ball you know what i mean like oh like let me just play the standard rotation if you don't play monkey you don't know what you can actually do so uh, yeah. playing monkey every so often is always good mm-hmm. combo any thoughts on playing below your rank even though uh, you've like never been below your rank <laughs> I, well, I, I like I, I always i always am in some capacity especially because uh can, can I, I give uh, a pawn alert pawn <laughs> alert okay you may continue speaking uh i i always am because specifically even like i play all like a huge part of my coaching is that I want to play ranked with the people that I'm coaching. Like, like that's a very important thing for me because I, especially like when I first started coaching a couple of years ago, individually, I found playing casuals never quite did it because people weren't, they weren't themselves, right? They weren't feeling competitive. They weren't feeling like they needed to, to perform as much. Uh, and so, and also it's just, it's so unpredictable what kind of opponents you get in, in casual. So like, I really, really focus on playing ranked with my, uh, with anybody I'm working with. And so for me, like very often am, I am playing down, whether that be either coaching or especially I find this is towards the end of the season when my rank, let's say my rank is sitting in C2, C3 because of playing with coaching on whatever account. Um, then, and I'm like, oh, let's just bake, let's bake the grind. Like not much coaching left. Like let me two weeks of just purely, like I'm going to push them and Mars, how high I get kind of like, uh, and so I'll always start by playing down and I'll, I'll struggle. Like I, I very openly will tell you, like I really struggle sometimes when I'm getting flip resetted by C2s, but then I can't, they don't rotate kind of thing. Like it, it's tough for me because it, it's so different. And I know for a fact that is the identical problem at any rank of that you're like well you expect them to do this but then they can actually do this but then you're not expecting them to do this and like it's just all over the place right um Mm -hmm. and so for me the why i'm I'm very happy and kind of happy i went third uh is that you two literally gave my my advice of like what i have whenever i talk to people about uh playing down and like wherever they're at is that it and it's because it's so independent of a like are you like let me see are you playing at this rank and you're feeling you can't win because you're getting complacent great i'm going to tell you to be a monkey for a couple games and see where like show you how good you are and then i'm going to see like i I do a lot of kind of motivational stuff of like i I talk a lot about being the best player on the field and like a lot of things like that that i'm I'm not going to spoil um for those who (laughs) who are getting my coaching um but uh and then on the opposite end i i've seen and that's why i really like flash state because i've never worded it like this and i think that's a really good way to word it of that i've seen the opposite of that people are trying so hard to get out of their rank that they forget the basics and they stop doing what they're they're supposed to be doing uh and i like i said i think i think uh i called them flash and close hero nailed it um of of 
a good, uh, just a, one very, very simple uh, tactile strategy to try to avoid that in being focus more on your low play because chances are you're probably rushing your high play. Um, and then the only edit I will give is that like, if let's say that you're finding this when you're like silver or gold, which is, I would assume rare because I, I know from like bronze to about I would say high gold, the ranks are quite fluctuating, right? Like it is, if you put in another mm-hmm. third, it is pretty easy to get out of uh, out of those gold, but as long as you're putting in the hours and effort, like like there's there's no like secret to doing it. Like I'm sure all three of us can agree. It's just it's just a grind to, to get out of the gold, at mm-hmm. least to get into platinum, and then it becomes a little more unique. Um, wow. And <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I feel... I feel don't don't take if you if you especially because I know a couple of people have started listening to the show recently. Right. Um, and have kind of gone back to the earlier episodes. Uh, please don't take my journey to platinum as the baseline of how it works. Because uh, I, I, I was contested this. I would just spend hours only practicing mechanics mm-hmm. and that got me to platinum three. Like and I, like that, I was the exact same story. Right. Like when that game came out, I didn't play ranked for the first two and a half or three months that the game was out because i my rule to myself i don't even think i've ever said this on the podcast my rule to myself was that i needed to win a season like the ai season mode um on all star without losing a single game and then i was ready for ranked was like what my rule was and so by the time i played ranked i was already gold which was the like diamond ish equivalent um at the time uh, of like when i had come in and then it took me like couple weeks to get the platinum which was the highest rank and like so 100 percent like flash like yeah it was jeez man i always say it zero you're totally right like, yeah continue like i want to i kind of want to hear as well like what, what your regime yeah i always i always think like early on like i this is why i think i think people i definitely remember when i hit diamond one that's when the wall hit um but the sheer amount of stuff that you can get away with just by being mechanically good and rotating back post is, <laughs> is so great. You know what I mean? Like it's, and that's why like dribble challenge, I think is very tough when it, when I started, I remember to even like get the ball on my car. Uh, I remember I always gave the tip like before, before you actually go into the dribble challenge, what you want to do is you put the uh, ball between yourself and the wall and you just try to drive around or along the outside of just the normal arena. Um, mm-hmm. and just to understand how you can keep pace with the ball, you know, adjusting your speed without even boosting. Um, and I think that helped a lot cause it actually allowed me to perceive how the physics of the ball worked and how to get my car kind of in that sweet spot before I even worried about kind of keeping it perfectly balanced. I would just like ride along the walls of the, uh, the standard stadium. Right. Um, so, uh, but what I, uh, what I remember is just that when I first learned that thing, what I would do is I'd try to I try to dribble all the time now, right? Now that I know how to dribble it on my car, and then it would be a free goal for my opponents because I literally just dribble on top of my car. I'm like a tee, like a like a golf tee. Uh, they just they just have a free shot on net because I'd be dribbling it on top of my car because I can do it. Um, but the point of the dribbling challenge is to learn how you can turn, and especially I think once once you kind of get to uh the levels where you have to like there are moving objects and you are dribbling on top of your car i think that's when it's really beneficial because then that's that's actually something you equate to gameplay situations where you're just weaving in and out right and things you can just understanding how you can control speed up slow down your play is very important um but my point is like i i practiced air dribbles forever i did all this crazy stuff um and like i'll tell you right now when i hit gold for the first time it's because I spent like a week not playing and all I did was practice like aerials and shooting, fast aerials specifically. 
Uh, you can YouTube that. There's a million YouTube things on how to do fast aerials. And the point was, I hit that rank, and I didn't understand how, at all how to rotate. Like I didn't understand anything. And it, I think, I think, I think they put me into goal three because I'd won like ten games in a row or something. Um, and I just, I could not keep up with the game. You know what I mean? Like my mechanics got me really far in the lower rank because people were were a lot worse. But in gold, like all of a sudden, everybody was just crushing me. Like I couldn't do a thing. Um, but then, but it was really interesting because then I think once I hit that diamond wall, that's when I actually had to learn how to rotate properly and do all the other stuff I was missing. Uh, but my theory is still that mechanically, if you are still early, if you're before platinum, um, look up like um, tutorials on how to do a whole bunch of stuff. Sonos Khan had that great like thing on how to learn air control or, or just practice like random new mechanics you can think of. Um, but all those things are so important to learn. I think even before thinking about strategy in the game, that's, that's at least mm-hmm. my theory because I think you can, because other people don't know what the strategy is in the game, it doesn't make sense for you to know what the strategy is in the game. <laughs> that's that, and, and you can just get away because like people are just worse. So if you get mechanically better, they're just going to always hit the ball. You know what I mean? In a very generic direction without a lot of power. And so if that's the case up to gold, like high gold, low plat, all you have to do is then uh, just be able to do that, like hit it a little harder, a little faster, a little better. And then I think mm-hmm. once you hit diamond, that's when it kind of actually changes and you're like, no, now I have to have more purpose behind what I do. You could say you were mechanically mediocre. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's the end of my rant. I I don't know. I like that. I think oh, we're probably. Yeah. What's up? I, 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 I'm hoping like people because I know there's more people that are like around platinum gold listening now. And so I'm hoping they kind of take from that what they will. But it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of kind of pounding your head against the wall and doing stuff that that's not necessarily like it might be fun depending on who you are. Um, but literally like put in a podcast could be our podcast maybe. Um, (laughs) and then listen to it while learning some random new skill. And I think that's actually a lot more helpful than just playing games. Yep. I mean, I'll say that advice Uh, and then like, I should still take it at this rank. I just, you know, Oh yeah. I've, I've been saying the entire time we've done a podcast that, Oh, I should go into training more. Guess who doesn't go into training more. (laughs) uh yeah that's never gonna change but i'll always say it and that's that's the important part. yeah all right i think we're good for beginner's corner your double header for uh for this week um and let's get into the rlss the spring series that happened in oceana over the uh the weekend um did you guys watch much of it because i watched like two or three games i was moving so i unfortunately did not yes. catch any i i I rewatched the finals. Uh, it was cool that I knew some, like, you know, uh, the usual players on Renegades. and Like, I knew mm-hmm. CJCJ and I knew um, uh, Drippe, right? Yeah. Drippe. Um, so, like, I, I, knew, I knew some of the players. It was really weird to me watching it because, like, I thought, like, you know, there's a sense sometimes when the game's really close, like, oh, why is nothing happening? Like, I thought... Mm-hmm games with more goals would be more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the case. Fair. It it gave me the basketball syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? Like, it was weird. It was weird. But, like, in basketball, like, I feel like I can not watch anything till the fourth quarter. Like... Yeah, yeah. Because they're scoring so much that, like... The goals you, you don't can, matter. 
Yeah, and so there was kind of that feeling like none of them were on defense, and there's just goals after goals after goals. Um, It's the cool thing is that they definitely have their own style. Like it's definitely because there's like playing on their own server. It's this kind of like what's it called? There's like a time capsule, and they kind of do their own thing. You know? Yeah. It's it's like (laughs) Japan for two hundred years. You know? Uh, Where (laughs) where they they had a unique culture because they're just cut off from the rest of the world for two hundred years. Um, so, uh, it's, it's kind of that feeling of like, I'm going into this and this is not at all what I see, even CRL. Like I can't, I know Nick Tackler is making jokes about like, oh, this is CRL. I'm like, no, this is not what I see in CRL. Cause I think the difference is like in CRL, they'll have one or two players that are very good and they just kind of dump on the rest of the team. Like, that's kind of what I feel like happens in CRL a lot. Like you have your RLRS player and like... <laughs> it's kind of fair <laughs> they just kind of carry the team and like whoever's the better R- rlrs player they usually win they mm-hmm. uh that's that's a little bit of a like i'm not completely serious but like the point is like there's definitely more mistakes here it felt like it wasn't necessarily that there's more mistakes it was it was almost like the team would be like oh this is like a really nice shot and i'm not even gonna bother to say like i don't know i don't know if that's the right word for it but um it was like i I enjoyed it, but there were times where it was like goal after goal where like the goals started feeling less and less special because there's so many goals scored <laughs> is what I'm trying to get at. And it, yeah. it, it felt like defensively, a lot of teams could have been better, but I didn't know if that was because they just didn't focus at all on defense or rotations or because actually all of them are just very good offensively. And, you know, fair. Huh. Okay. I'm kind of wondering because I was watching the, uh, what was it? The winner's finals, I think, not the grand finals mm-hmm. earlier today. And what I thought was like, it was the same matchup, right? Um, oh, it was, the, the finals is definitely different. Eh? It yeah. was, the winner's finals <laughs> and the grand finals was a rematch. But um, I, like from games, from what I'm seeing, like it was the, very different. Yeah. And from what I'm hearing, it's also a very different meta because what I saw from both teams was just like boom the ball to the other side and maybe hope for an offensive play um there weren't many goals there weren't many or wasn't much going on it was just i'm gonna hit the ball far and hope that we can figure something out once it's gone um and it it wasn't aggressive it it was it also wasn't defensive i'm not gonna lie Um, maybe you know what this is my theory now maybe because it was a rematch like it whenever you have a rematch you know it's, it's all its own little meta appears you know what i mean like because that renegades would have time to like kind of refocus and be like okay how are we going into this game and i don't know it it just seemed like both teams were willing to risk a lot more and not be defensive Mm -hmm. and it it just felt like um the stereotype of the oc region of like oh we're just gonna use boost all the time and drive like was (laughs) played out in the finals which may not have been in the winners okay because I was really interested with how the winners meta play style, I guess, was mm-hmm. would have worked against uh, EUNA. Because um, it, was, it wasn't necessarily bad on defense. It was just get the ball away from me and get the, get the ball away from my side. And then they kind of took control and passed, passed and did all the, the you know normal stuff on offense. But yeah, it was just, it was just really interesting to watch. I'm not going to lie. Uh- I'll say this. I feel like teams in EU um, would break down these teams really easily. I would think so. Like, imagine, like, a defensive RV and just punishing 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, I don't know. Yeah, they don't do uh, offense nearly as well as NA, and they don't do defense nearly as well as EU. And they, I don't know if they do... I don't know. It's just it, it, I want to see it. I really want to see it at this point. I just want to see the world finals because I want to know what would happen. Well, okay, but I, like I'm just thinking of defensive <laughs> RV, and it feels like all they would do is just defend and then have opening after opening. Like that's how right. they get breaking down. It's like this team would get yeah. more and more aggressive, and this uh-huh. eventually, like the EU team just wouldn't break, and they they'd yep. open up, and it'd be an open goal. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that, and it's, <laughs> it's super interesting. And I wanted to see it really badly, but we can't because of everything yeah. that's going on. Yeah. So we'll have to wait for the next we uh, shall. next time that OCE mingles with the world. <laughs> I think the one thing like I took just from like standings alone that was a little uh, out of the little salt uh, for me mm-hmm. was the fact that like Renegades lost their uh, regional championship opportunity to the throw uh, and then they come into yep. the spring series to then win um, through an open <laughs> qualifier since they didn't get that spot because of the throw. Um, yep. So like that, that was that. right. So that that was a little like, oh, like that sucks kind of thing and like makes me sad. Um, cause similarly, like, I love that Renegade squad. Cringe Society is my favorite team in OCE, hands down. It's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Um, Torsos and Drippe are my two favorite players. They're like in like my top 10 of like players in general. Um, and, uh, but, uh, no, I, I definitely will watch the winners finals and grand finals. Uh, I have just been uh, a busy lad with the move, but yeah. Hmm. What, what, what time was it airing uh, when it was like late? Was it like, was it like late, late? And was it like morning? Like, what was it? For me, it was 11 ish. 11 PM. It started. Read, maybe I might've been, might be oh, that's not that bad. I think that was all right. I don't know. I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I, I uh, rewatched the finals. So I watched it separately. Nice. I, I was a, a VOD watcher, but I think the, the number on the side <laughs> listen i i've 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 watched enough uh gsl starcraft in korea yeah exactly. to, so uh, i just checked so the, the grand finals aired at 2 15 eastern uh, a.m okay so. then yeah i was right about 11 for the uh for the winners finals <laughs> maybe 12 um, uh, yeah 11 45 you got it i'm amazing uh, <laughs> okay i think i think that's good we have that. yeah we're, we're probably good on Oceana, sorry to all the the Aussies that were hoping for a super in-depth conversation. It didn't happen. (laughs) You can yell at us in the Discord. Um, And the final note that we have for today is the big OG tournament that Lethemir is throwing that's happening as of today, as of recording, tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure the actual time I should find that. 3 p.m. EST. Thank you. You did it. Um, so yeah, that's between Flipside Tactics and or the original Flipside Tactics and the original uh, I Buy Power, which mm-hmm. is kind of a really cool um, so matchup. May the sixth, three p.m. Yes. Eastern. May the sixth. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, um, Combo. Do you want to go why or into why this is a this is a cool <laughs> thing? Because me and Flash have no idea, pretty much, because we're <laughs> new watchers. <laughs> uh, I so uh, do me wrong. Very very excited, um, and he's not wrong. It is the original Flipside and the original IBP. Um, I what makes me slightly sad if, for is that if people think that we're watching a rematch of RLCS season <laughs> one, that's not the case. Like that's why I want to make that as clear 
as I can possibly make it, that the the IBT, IB, uh, IBP team that won the world championship, like the people with the tags, is Cronovi, Licinio, and Over Zero. Um, and that is obviously not the full squad that we're watching. Um, that it's a slightly different squad. Uh, I'm sure Latch is, is pissed um, that he's not involved, <laughs> but that's life. Uh, and yeah, so the that's the one thing I just want to make very clear so people know you're not watching technically a full rematch. Uh, so... We technically, truthfully, it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird like pseudo IBP roster. We're technically watching the original Cosmic Aftershock uh, roster, which then was purchased or like signed by IBP. So I buy power, it's a computer company. Um, so they were IBP cosmic for a little while. And then I think they ended just being known as I buy power. Uh, and so there, there wasn't really orgs at this time. Like my favorite team was Kings of urban. I remember when I was watching in season one, uh, and the, the reason why is like very interesting, at least with like the, the rosters that, um, he's thrown down is because like at the time, so this is why I, I want to make this as clear as possible at the time of the RLCS season one world finals, sad union, who is so it's Kurovi Gibbs Sad Jr. is the roster that he's taking, which is cosmic aftershock, not IBP technically. Um, Sad Jr. was kicked from the team. Gibbs decided to step down to become a manager, which then opened the path for Lucinio and Over Zero to join as the roster. There's the history lesson. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, so it's it yes. Cosmic Aftershock, when it was Gibbs, Sad Jr., and Kronovi were bought when that was like signed by IBP. That was the roster, but it was literally only for like a month. Um, like it wasn't that long that they were, that was actually the roster. Uh, but I'm very excited because I wanted to see Gibbs play Rocket League. Like that's just very exciting. So um, yeah, so this I'll is. I'll definitely tune in. I'm not going to lie. I'm, you I'm have to. Excited. You absolutely have to. And if you don't, yeah. uh, Left said that he's putting up a full YouTube video of it afterwards as well. So nice. Um, nice. If you can't make it uh, 3 p.m. EST, uh, then definitely watch the VOD afterwards. But uh, yeah, so it's exciting. So uh, for those who don't know, I'll I'll add a little extra history lesson. Um, The Cosmic Aftershock squad that I was talking about never competed in RLCS technically. uh, And how RLCS ran in season one is very different than how it ran in the opening and now our current day rlcs so how it ran was it was pure open qualifier obviously rlrs didn't exist mm-hmm. um so i think i because i remember because I, I watched it vividly and like i we i almost had a team that i wanted to play with but we decided against it uh and so i was watching and it was uh, i think it was just over six thousand teams uh competed in na in europe which is pretty cool man for how early it was like it was 20 it was 2016 so uh is like pretty hyped that, that it had that much pull uh so yeah so it was over six thousand teams uh had basically played through it they narrowed it down to 16 eight in na eight in eu and then they technically did a league play but it was called like the group stage and it was just a pure round robin everybody played each other and there was no match wins what it did was that every single game always played five games uh so it wasn't a best of five it was like you are playing five uh matches and then the teams that finished first through tenth would be based on their game score uh mm-hmm. so for instance like i i don't have the actual numbers but i remember i remember so vividly watching because i love kings of urban but ibp i think it was like midway through the season had only lost like a game or two or like by like three games or something like, like they were completely dominant whereas europe was like a little tighter in that top four um but yeah, so that was that was how it ran. Uh, by that point, like I had said, IBP Cosmic, um, they had Cronovi, uh, I believe, had kicked. I, I don't really know. The, there was no drama or alert at the time, right? Like that didn't exist. But I believe Cronovi kicked Sad Junior. Gibbs stepped down for management. Brought in uh, Gambit, uh, Lucinio, and Over Zero. Over Zero is a sub, and then Gambit stepped down because the competitive scene was hurting his mental health. Um, so then Over Zero took over, and then Over Zero stepped down after the World Championship because the competitive scene was ruining his mental health. Uh, wow. So. 
it was, yeah, it was, it was a pretty crazy time uh, in RLCS. So I'm very excited to see how people do. I don't have much intel per se on how people are doing. The only thing I know was, because I was trying to find some of their uh, rocket tracker profiles to see who's been playing, whose MMR is where, like stuff like that. Um, I know, I, I, I don't even know, honestly, I don't watch any of his content. Do, do, does anybody know is Gibbs GC? Like, does anyone have any? I, probably GC. I would assume so. Uh, I would hope. Don't uh, know actually. Uh, I have no idea. And so, but I do know for a fact um, that uh, a couple of the flip side guys still play um, pretty consistently and are still the 17s to 1900 area. Uh, and then, particularly in terms of Sad Junior, I play him in ranked sometimes. Uh, so he's not like disgustingly high per se, but he's still definitely more than viable at the, the top uh, level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, uh, I, I did an interview with Mike Rules when I used to write for ooh. Rocketeers, um, which was fun. Ooh. So uh, if people want the link to that, I can I can pass it along later. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, Wabbits. Yes. Sorry to spring this on you, but I, I do have one thing I do want to talk about. Because sure. I've, I've been thinking about it for the last couple weeks now. Um, yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I've always kind of put uh, this idea that combo put forward about like wanting to make rock league a sport, uh, and contrast it vividly with, um, Nick tackler's idea of like, you know, like this, like internet culture type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more and more I've been thinking more, the more and more I realized that the reason I've never pushed for video games or rock league to be a sport is because, the esport that I began in was already established to me as a sport. Um, sure. As in, like, the in South Korea, the StarCraft scene had developed since, you know, 2000, the year 2000, right? Yeah. And when StarCraft II came around, like, everything was already established when it came to broadcasting, when it came to ethics. And I think just the fact that the uh, South Korean culture was surrounding it as well right um made it already more like a legitimate sport than anything that compared compared to like 2007 2008 halo that nick tackler will talk mm-hmm. about right um and i ultimately think i definitely don't want that trash talk like i understand why nick tackler likes it because he goes oh it was so hype like everybody's screaming you know what i mean and i i get that um, but to me, like the, the, the halo, the fighting game community, especially from that time, that was nothing, n- never anything I was interested in. Right. Um, and I think that's why I've always kind of, um, so yeah, in my mind, I've been adverse to, to, to kind of combos constant, like push to say like, Oh, I want to be a sport. I want to be a sport. When in my mind, I've already seen esports as its own thing. That's also created that professional and sense of professionalism, but I see it in the version of starcraft that i kind of uh started with right um and so uh what i think ultimately is my stance as to where i want to see the sport is that i rather see it pr- produced um shown and uh d- developed in the way that starcraft had which is very similar to traditional sports um and i think i actually do fall more on that side i think the one thing that I do like, though, when you have a very professional setting is that the the good trash talkers or the people that you want to see lose are actually mm-hmm. um, amplified, if that makes sense. 
And it, their stories are so much more entertaining because if you take Halo and if everyone's trash talking everyone and everyone's terrible, then you don't care about anything, right? Um, you might have, and I think that's the one thing that kind of pushes me away. Well, I say Halo, but like certain certain communities, like very internet culture heavy esports, is that the reason I'm so pushed away is because if everybody's such a terrible human being, like why do I even want to follow this? You know what I mean? Like I don't. If you're bad and the other person's bad, like why would I want to see you win over <laughs> them? Um, yep. And I think the reason that I've kind of kept with Nick Tackler's thing is because in my mind, it's like, I don't want to see a Starcraft without Idra, right? Um, sure. I like, uh, and uh, certain players in the game where because they, because they were so different from the professional mold, they were very, like, they created very interesting storylines, right? Do I cheer for the person that you think is the most charismatic, even though they're, you know, like, they'll say some, uh, terrible things or do i cheer for like the person that's been winning every game but like doesn't say a thing you know what i mean um and you have this dichotomy that clashes and, and that's the kind of stories that i really like when it comes to esports um while i think if it was all like the ideal of traditional sports and there was no trash talk right there was no ufc pro wrestling-esque type thing uh i think there would be a point where it'd be like we've we've went so far that uh, there's certain storylines that we could create that aren't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like having a couple villains cause I think they add to the story. I like Flake's story. I like Karma's story, right? They're, they're not necessarily villains, but they, they do create polarization that I think is good in general, as opposed to a stagnant scene where I can't make out the individual players. Um, yeah. which, which I think is, is, is sometimes a detriment when, when sports becomes so like, it's only about the best people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, so, uh, so yeah, essentially my, ultimately I think from a general perspective, in most cases, I'd like it to be presented more like Starcraft was presented than, than like those certain internet game communities. Um, but I'd also like there to be a space that when there is someone, as long as there are, there, there's obviously lines, right? Like I have my lines too, but as long as someone is, can be a little bit villainous, you know, can, can be a little cheeky, can be a little bit boastful. I think there is a space you, they shouldn't be shut down necessarily. You can hate on them, but I think it's good that you have a couple of those people um, because I think it does as a certain spice. So that's ultimately my rant because I've been mewling over this for a month um, as to like, why am I disagreeing with combo when, when I think in practicality, I, I agree with most of the things when it comes to how he sees rock league in the future. The only difference is I want to see that little space. As opposed to like, why does it seem like I'm agreeing with Nick Tackler when I definitely don't want to be? So, uh, the, <laughs> this was my rant to kind of end that out. So, uh, I don't know if either of you have any response to it, but <laughs> um, so my response to this would be that uh, the way that you want it to be is essentially the traditional sport uh, thing, mm-hmm. where you have these people who can be uh, like the the very vocal, very um, trash talky people that create storylines in the game, um, just like whether it's for for the sake of publicity or for what like that's their personality it doesn't really make a difference mm-hmm. it's a good thing for the scene itself because people want to go out and watch that game whether or not they care um because they either cheer against that person or they cheer for that person right and mm-hmm. i think that's a, like that's just straight up a really good thing to do and it happens in traditional sport a lot because you see um i think that generally happens with the the top players but you see people um i actually have no examples offhand but i can think of like if um 
there's definitely some hockey players that are real bad combo help me out here oh you're <laughs> saying like in terms of like making people hate them but they want to see them yep. kind of thing? yeah yeah, yep. so, like, that's the battle of alberta right now in in the nhl of that so the calgary mm-hmm. flames and the edmonton oilers have always had a big rivalry pence battle of alberta and this season was hands down its peak season because brady kachuk uh has been just he's a very he's a very very talented player but he has a big mouth he's a little guy uh, and he loves to try to throw big hits and so he he yeah. often I'm, I'm gonna be a little everybody has their own opinions if they watch but like i'm a little biased i don't really like him all that much but does that make me watch the games 100 i watch every single battle of alberto because i just want to see what he does what he says and like where the games go um and, like we and you also a- want to see him get destroyed you know what i mean like i want to lose 10 nothing you know right you got it we had bench clearing brawls we had a goalie fight this season like like there like the nhl as an organization has been and it's funny like i never really even pictured like the actual monetary return on it but like they've been average advertising it like mad throughout the season before everything went on and that only hit me now that it wasn't just a like yeah this is hype this is a like oh my god we can make millions off this please keep this going <laughs> work um yeah no 100 like, that's, that's a good poll that's a good example so like I, I, i'd like to actually ask combo if i if i may have, sure, have you seen some of the starcraft broadcasts at all ever never starcraft no i used to watch i, I really used to play and watch competitive halo so i know where <laughs> Trying to come well, that's up. what I'm saying because I, I think that that is a definitely a different feel. Like, um, I guess you can compare it to like more modern day Overwatch and like League of Legends, which kind of are the spiritual successors to it. Um, but I think there's a certain level of civility that they maintain yep. all <laughs> the while, kind of bringing up uh, or allowing for that space. Essentially, yeah, like because I I think in my mind I just I got so tired of like there's a reason we called it an, like esports at some point, you know what I mean? And I think, I think there's some part of me from five years ago that was just having stupid conversations with people about stupid things of like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's a sport, not a sport. I think that's the dumbest conversation in the world. Um, and maybe, maybe like somewhere there, that's why every time someone's like, Oh, I want to be like a traditional sport. I get triggered because of some other conversation that has nothing to necessarily <laughs> has, has to do with it, but not necessarily, you know what I mean? Um, so maybe that, maybe that's my biggest qualm, but, but my point is I think we're at a point now where, um, like I'll, I even commentated about like how the casters looked on yes. uh, on the broadcast, right? Um, and I'm like, there's a certain s- sense of professionalism that I do feel can be there, and you can even have flair. You can have the you can have the craziest looking suit coat you want. You know what I mean? You can have whatever color you want, but it better look professional as opposed yep. to uh, every I mean, single Canadian is the exact same person right now. By the way. <laughs> oh, I I was I wasn't even gonna get that reference, but uh sure, you go with that. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. So I, I think that very much is like the traditional sport thing. And um on Nick Tycular's point, like I will always treasure my uh my early days of melee and like my experiences with the early days of Dota. And it was like it was basically a battlegrounds and anything went and it was great and Wild West, it, yeah. Pretty much the Wild West, and I'll, I'll treasure that. Those are treasured mem- memories for me. But I really much prefer where it's going now, um, getting into an actual professional scene. And it's, it, yeah, it's just much better. And I will always prefer this and this uh, actual traditional sport uh, style to what it what it was, <laughs> even though I, I loved it. Wabas, I figured it out. What? I don't think we need acceptance from the traditional or mainstream media. Um, mm-hmm. but I think we can do ourselves the favor of, uh, looking, behaving and presenting a quality that, that should be there regardless of what yep. 
the opinion might be of people who don't understand it. Big agree. And I think we're going to end with that. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have two small updates just, uh, that have happened while we're recording. Oh, um, wow. More stuff that happened. While one, we're uh, reciprocity was signed. X reciprocity has been <gasps> signed. Uh, nice. They are joining Oxygen Esports is what it is. Uh, okay. they're, a, they're an NA-based org uh, with one of the cringiest <laughs> things I've ever read um, of that. So their logo says OXG, and then there's a little 17.73 under it. And I saw oh. that, and I was like, what is this? Uh, and from their fan page, I'm going to read verbatim what it says. I oh, cringed boy. at this. Some people might really like it. Uh, someone's like, what does it mean with 17.73? They said, great question. 1773 was the year of the Boston Tea Party. Think of it as us revolting against the old ways of esports and paying tribute to our Boston roots, which makes <laughs> me want to die. Um, but uh, still excited. Uh, the Literally, I only noticed because uh, Chaucet, uh, his, uh, what's it called, description or bio on Twitter is player for OXG esports. And then I went over and yeah, the announcements were made. So uh, yeah, so they're signed to auction. And the other well, small note uh, yeah go ahead yeah it's here oh no sorry i just you read that name and i'm like i, I everything in my body it's cringe was Super telling cringe. me no no it was telling oh. me not to say oh i guess we can breathe e- easy then like oh, everything stop. i had to stop myself yeah uh, <laughs> the the other cool thing i was gonna say was i don't know if you guys know but um avidity who won the sam spring series way back when uh they they had an ama in the rocket league uh mm-hmm. discord today um and so renin on avidity i've played him like probably 10 times now in rumble uh which is hilarious i've never played him ranked but he, he just keeps any rumble and i play him a lot uh which is hilarious and so i my question for him was um hey dude i play you in rumble all the time lol what's your favorite power up and i want you guys to appreciate what is probably a language barrier but one of the weirdest answers i've ever heard <laughs> uh his answer to me was i don't know names but one who is ice, but don't freezes the ball, and it follows you, LMAO, was his answer. I have no idea what power-up he's talking about. My guess is plunger, is what he's trying to say. Because if you say, I don't know names, but one who is ice, but don't freezes the ball, and it follows you. So I'm thinking, magnet, magnet, magnet. That's It's definitely going to be magnet, because it's blue like ice. Yeah, it's magnet. That's hilarious. How amazing is that answer? It made me laugh so much uh, that same thing he answered me while we were recording and i i had to hold on a laugh uh while when it came <laughs> up so yeah i love that okay that's good um definitely magnet it's blue uh <laughs> yeah all right let's let's wrap it up you gonna start uh yeah yeah okay well first thing is first uh to everyone who stayed on uh to our patrons i I salute you i thank you so much for your continuous support uh so shout out to all those welcome squad people and special shout outs to go blue miffa paint tim chu barker and relentless who actually uh three of them or four of them all except for paint went up to the roll call tier Um, they're all in the roll call tier dude yes but Paint was uh, oh, Kurt, he was already before. in it, or he was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other four went up, and thank thank you for the the extra support. Um, so from myself, Combo, and Lazero, we wish you a wonderful week, and bye. See you later. See you next time. Bye.